Welcome to A Closer Look, a podcast that explores the ways in which the world we live in and how we engage with it can impact our health, happiness, and well-being. Now, here's your host, Dr. Robin Pickering, Professor of Health Sciences at Whitworth University. for joining us. My name is Robin Pickering and I am your host of A Closer Look. And I'm really excited to talk about um, what we are going to discuss today, which is looking at ways to maybe take a pause from alcohol use. Uh, maybe re-examine the way in which uh, we have a relationship with alcohol and I'm super excited about our guests. Um, I got the idea from this show, um, actually several for several reasons. I had decided a while back to take a pause from alcohol. And we've been talking in the show this season about reset. And what does it mean to reset and kind of refocus, especially after the pandemic and after all of the kind of health things that came along with that, I decided it was time for me personally to take a look at what behaviors are enhancing my health, what do I maybe need to reestablish a new relationship with, and for me personally, that was alcohol. So I downloaded this app, and it was a tracker. So each day that I didn't drink alcohol, it said, congrats, you know, you have reached two days. Congrats, you've reached three days. And as of today, I'd have to double check, but I think as of today, it's 252 days. And so I've been pretty excited about that. And I know that some of you watching might be thinking, okay, I'm, I want to keep engaging with friends. I want to keep engaging with family. I want to keep enjoying my life, but maybe I want to refocus on what that means in terms of alcohol. Maybe I just want to cut back a little bit. Maybe I just want to think about it a little bit. And I'm really excited because both of my guests today have um, are involved in that in, in different ways. So one of my guests, uh, Michael Caldwell, MD, is joining us here from Nashville today, which I'm really excited about. Um, a little bit about him. He is the Chief Medical Officer for Dry January USA, which I'm super excited to hear about, um, which is a program of Meharry Medical College in their Office for Research and Innovation in Nashville. He provides leadership for alcohol research as well as vaccine res uh, research and education. He's also a nationally recognized public health leader and in 2020 served as the director of public health and the chief medical officer for Nashville, which is amazing. And I can't imagine a more difficult time <laughs> to enter that role, uh, particularly in um, Tennessee. He has more than 25 years experience in public health, health administration, biopharma, vaccine research, um, all kinds of other things, and um, I'm so happy that you can join us. 
um, here on the show today to talk a little bit about dry January and what you've done and um, some of the health benefits that come along with taking a pause from drinking. So thank you for joining us. I also have... Thank you. Yes, I also have John Goodwin, who is the co-owner of Summit Kitchen and Lost Boys Garage Bar here in Spokane. He, um, I was just telling him when I was looking through his information online and kind of doing a little <laughs> internet stalking, um, you've got to be one of the most interesting guys in town in terms of resumes. Um, he was a police officer, a corpsman, an actor a director, a bartender, a bar owner, uh, just a really diverse, interesting guy. And (laughs) in addition to that, also carries um, adult non-alcoholic beverages in his establishment. And he's going to talk a little bit about that, how maybe if we're wanting to continue hanging out with our friends and and living a social life, how how that can look in Spokane. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Okay. Um, Dr. Caldwell, I would love to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, I know you've been a medical doctor for a long time. If someone was thinking about maybe just rethinking their relationship with alcohol, maybe taking a pause, maybe cutting back, maybe focusing more on mindful drinking. What might some of the health effects be for that? Well, uh, if uh, this was one of my patients, uh, friends or family, uh, first thing I'd want to make sure is to identify approximately the quantity Uh, of what they drank uh, and how often. Uh, And if they're having four or more drinks a day, uh, I would uh, certainly want to advise them to maybe be taking it a little slower because people who have an alcohol use disorder uh, who drink four or more drinks a day regularly, uh, if they just stop alcohol, uh, that could be something that might uh, harm them uh, because they, they'll get a rebound effect very quickly. So uh, the majority of people, though, who are considering reducing or eliminating alcohol in their lives are are not in that category. However, I just want to start off by saying that it, it is important for people to kind of get a sense in measuring their alcohol. And, and people in that category may want to just start cutting back a little more slowly rather than just turning off like a spigot. But for the majority of people who may have one or two drinks a day or every so often, uh, yeah, I think uh, putting a mirror up to your own relationship with alcohol in a very personal way is is really important. Uh, You start to ask yourself questions about why it is you have this relationship with alcohol. What is it that Uh, brings you to it in a way that you find it to be uh, a friend. Uh, And uh, what are the rituals about having a drink uh, that sort of go along with with that? So if somebody stops alcohol, what they're going to find is they're going to be able to sleep better. 
they'll they'll be able to save a little money but we'll we'll talk in a few minutes about some of the cool adult non-alcoholic beverages right. so that may not be <laughs> the same that may undo that, that benefit huh? <laughs> you substitute a nice fancy alcohol cocktail with a nice fancy non-alcohol cocktail it's still the, the the money will be the same but let's talk about the social situation what we realize is that a lot of people are feeling that they're going to be left out that they're not going to be able to be included that they need to have alcohol to be a part of a good time and uh, we uh, know that that has to change uh, that that is something that a lot of people are now recognizing is is an unmet need uh, right. other great other great benefits of uh, stopping alcohol is you'll you'll sleep better um, you'll probably get less anxious for people that kind of approach alcohol to feel happy. They might feel happy for a few hours, but that anxiety really kicks in and their sleep isn't so good. So they're kind of tired. So they're going to have a lot more energy. Uh, they'll probably lose a little weight. And if they can combine it with something positive, if you're going to reduce alcohol, add something positive in. And mm. I suggest trying to move a little more because the more yeah. you move, your body's going to just propel itself to go forward. You'll also be able to metabolize some of those toxic uh, parts of alcohol. Your system will get much better. Your heart will thank you. You won't have uh, high blood pressure as much. Your heart won't beat as fast. Your liver will start to heal. And, and really importantly, your immune function will heal. You know, there are uh, 95,000 premature deaths in the U.S. every year. Uh, due to alcohol. It, it's preventable. The third, the NIH and CDC calls it the third leading cause of preventable death. And I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. I, so we, we have a, a lot to do. I think it's an unmet need on the spectrum of addiction. You know, we, we give a right. lot of attention to opioids and I, I think that's okay and good. We need that. But what's missing is there's a shadow over what's happening with alcohol. And we're hoping to, uh, put a brighter light on that. One of the things that I really appreciate that you said, well, several things that I'm making a note of, but one of the things that I think is really important is for me, immediately when I wasn't drinking, I thought, oh man, now so much of my life was um, wrapped up in in meeting friends for drinks and going to happy hour and meeting friends for dinner and I really had to renegotiate, okay, what, what does that social piece look like? And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about people like John, who are providing um, this, this outlet, this space where people can still continue to go out and, and have nice food and have nice drinks, but it doesn't have to be um, either you're at home or, or joining the group. So can you tell us a little bit about your establishments and kind <laughs> sure. of your, your products? You bet. Um, so Lost Boys Garage uh, started about seven and a half years ago. And I don't know, I guess it was probably about four years ago, one of our bartenders mentioned, hey, there's, I've got some friends that are doing dry, it was, uh, what was it, Sober October. Mm, and right. then Dry January is the thing. And um, said, how about if we come up with some N.A.? you know, mm -hmm. mocktails and that kind of thing. And then, okay, sure. Came up and we actually found a line of non-alcoholic spirits. 
that um, actually are decent. I mean, for being, you know, for not having booze, but you're pre- pretending right. that it's booze. <laughs> they do a bunch of herbal, I guess it's a bunch of herbal mixtures and that kind of thing. So there's a tequila and there's a gin and there's a vodka. And we decided to start playing with that. Ended up with, uh, I think it, here, I've got it in front of me. We've got, uh, let me look here. So Lost Boys has, gosh, what is that? It's a whole page. So it's probably eight or 10 different cocktails and about a half dozen non-alcoholic beers. And then the Summit Kitchen, um, we've got, what, six of them there. We're, as we're building it, we're just building that. So we've right. come up with about a half dozen there and then a whole list of non-alcoholic beers and non-alcoholic wines as well. Um, up on the hill, up on South Hill, we tend to sell more beer, uh, more uh, cocktails and, and wine than we do beer versus Lost Boys up north is all kinds of beer. Right. So kind of have to balance them. But uh, it, we've ended up with some just wonderful stuff. Um, That's really great. And I'm noticing I'm seeing more and more every time that I go out really anywhere in Spokane, there seems to be an expanding menu. And one of the things that uh, Michael, uh, Dr. Caldwell, and I were talking about the other day was that I think even just a few years ago, it was, okay, if you're ordering something non-alcoholic, people literally give you like a different colored cup. Yeah, <laughs> and it had to be in the Pepsi cup. Yeah, oh, yeah it was had to be in the Pepsi the cup. It's giant, like yeah. what I remembered being a Pizza Hut p- right. red <laughs> cup. Yeah. And it's like you almost feel like you're banished to the kid's table or something. <laughs> or like it's this really shameful ordering experience. And I have felt this way for years because I have, I've been a vegetarian for 30-something years. And I remember when I first would order at places, it's like I'd almost feel like I had to whisper um, because it's like, oh, well, let's get, I guess we can do this. And here's this one thing that we can make. And now there's this sort of really expanded vegetarian menu, most places that I can order food. And now I'm noticing with with these adult non-alcoholic beverages that it seems to be expanding in a similar way. And you and I, uh, Michael, were talking about that. Can you talk a little bit about this shift between it being this kind of kids table experience to a more elevated um, drinking experience with the non-alcoholic drinks? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Robin. That's an excellent point. And, uh, there has been a transformation and a technological breakthroughs over the last five years, in addition to the recognition that uh, investors can make money from this. So that all converged uh, together to create now an explosion of new companies that only make non-alcoholic beverages. And I'll, I'll always say adult non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, and what that is also doing is for- forcing the usual alcohol type companies, whether they're beer or wine or even spirits, to start to make their own versions of non-alcohol brands. So these are coming at all angles, uh, but we're just getting started. There's a brand new uh, association called the Adult uh, Alcohol, uh, the the Adult Alcohol Non uh, Alcohol Non-Alcohol Beverage Association. It's called ANBA the Adult uh, no, no Alcohol Beverage Association. So this is a, a, a professional commercial association of businesses that are primarily uh, creating adult non-alcoholic beverages. And there are a few in there that, that do uh, a mixture. Uh, what is happening now is these brands are starting to get 
some notice by what I would call the sober community. And there are tens uh, and hundreds of thousands of people in our country who are going through a journey of uh, wanting to cut back on alcohol or uh, just eliminate alcohol from their lives. And they're looking for something they have had uh, experienced drinking before. They, they've enjoyed parts of those experiences. They want to recreate something about those experiences, the taste of a beer or a wine or a spirit. And up until about eight or nine years ago, uh, for people that drank beer, there was really only one option, and that was O'Doul's uh, for the most part. There may right. be a few others, but at least in the United States. And that was viewed as a punishment. It, it, almost, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was diluted. And uh, But now, I think what's happened, at least in the United States, there's a, a real maturity of the beer market right. so that there's so many different choices, so many different options. And uh, I'll give you one particular story. I, uh, when I was the Nashville public health director, uh, one of the things that I was trying to do was once after we closed down the city was try to slowly reopen it and allow more people to gather outside. So I worked with the uh, president of our local NFL team, the Tennessee Titans, who himself enjoyed you know, a few beers on the weekend. And I said, you know, in order to open this stadium, how about we don't allow alcohol? And they we finally negotiated to they would still allow alcohol, but to expand the number of non-alcoholic beverage options. I think, Robin, one of the key issues here is not uh, uh, the majority of people don't even know that the new products are out there. And right. um, and so we got to let people know about them. They've got to taste them. And who's going to be leading the way? Uh, colleagues like we have as our other guests here, people who are in the industry, owning restaurants, owning bars, they're going to be on the front lines to introduce people to these so uh, different products and experiences and also be able to treat people who have alcohol beverages or non-alcohol beverages the same. Give them that same level of experience. That's really what we want to do. So if there's a table, uh, 10 people, wine glasses are set up, and then somebody orders a bottle of wine and then the, a waiter goes around and says, hey, who's uh, going to be having this bottle of wine? Or now we'll leave the glasses on the table. Maybe I can interest you in, you know, something else that I could put in your very uh, beautiful glass. So and it becomes that funny that the glass matters a lot. Yes. And I was noticing that um, me and my partner were dining the other day and um, there was the most beautiful wine glasses on the table. And I, that was really part of the habit and the ritual for me was was holding this beautiful glass and um, the way it looked on the table, all of those things. There's the, something to the to that yeah. shape and that weight. You know, right. a whiskey glass came, feels right, and a, really and, a and a hurricane feels fancy, and yeah, wine glasses. Yeah, absolutely. And and part of the ritual to me was was holding the glass, seeing the glass. And it always makes me sad when they come by. Oh, okay, you're you're just having this. Let's get these out of your way. And I'm like, no, but I want my Perrier water in that glass <laughs> right? with with a, a lime, and it matters. And I think that's part of it. And I've been trying to do that at home. And to your point about the taste of the non-alcoholic. And again, I haven't had O'Doul's probably since I was, I don't know, a long, <laughs> long time. 
but I'm not. They, they make an amber now that's actually they? decent. Yeah. So. Well, and the um, I forget uh, what it's called sure. now. It's Athletic Brewing Company, maybe is what it's yep. called. But yep. they yep. make an IPA that I I'm not sure that I could tell the difference between their non-alcoholic IPA and a an IPA with alcohol. I'm, I'm not going to go that really far good. with athletic, but it is good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not a bartender. I don't yeah. know the nuance. <laughs> to me, to my untrained palate, um, I think it's really good. It Can is. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what maybe what customers are saying and what some of the options are for folks? So it's funny. Uh, th- there's been a there's been a shift um, in customers in the last probably gosh probably only last year year and a half up here where it's not necessarily that someone that's sober but it, or that's you know trying right. to do dry or whatever but it'll be just okay I've had a couple but um, you know what let me do that I need to drive mm. and so they'll have uh, an NA beer or one of the one of the mocktails and it's awesome. matter of fact I brought a few of them you want to try these now this is a good idea we got Hellraiser dark amber got Heineken zero and then the one I kind of like is Klosthaler. Oh, Klaus Taylor. You want to try do we it? have do we have cuffs? No. Well, you, you drink out of the, <laughs> Our producer is going to grab. Cu- now I feel you're I feel not bad a drink out of Michael. The, you're not a drink out of the bottle, girl. Well, we do have a health officer. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not going to well, no, we're not going to share. I'm just going to give you one. Okay. I'll just give you one. Yeah. No, if I just get it, I, then I, I am say, happy. Uh, <laughs> Robin, I think it probably t- tastes better in your wine glass. Probably oh, there you go. Right. Right. Well, maybe I'll try it. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought out the Heineken Zero because I have something I want to make sure everybody uh, knows about. And that is yep. that for the very first time, uh, the Super Bowl is going to be mm-hmm. having a 30 second ad for about a seven million dollar 30 second spot that Heineken is paying f- to advertise the very first non-alcoholic wow. uh, beer uh, on the Super Bowl. So if that doesn't demonstrate very clearly that there's been a shift, I don't know what else. And also the great point that you brought up that the majority of people that drink these non-alcoholic beers and wines are are uh, drinkers themselves. They they do they're not sober. So uh, seventy to eighty percent of people who enjoy the newer non-alcoholic beverages are are trying to just switch out uh, a little. And I I talked to you earlier about the president of the Tennessee Titans. He told me personally that when he uh, enjoyed his beers on. The weekend, he now only will have one alcohol beer, and then he is substituted in with the new beers, non-alcohol, that he has learned about because of uh, our, our conversation. So it takes all of us to like put these out, to try them. I'm, I'm so happy that uh, this is uh, – we're at a historic moment in, in the, our country to be able to offer this to people and, and have uh, – my, my dream is really to – be able to walk into your favorite place that you've always had and there'll be just as many non-alcoholic choices as there are alcoholic choices or at least enough for you to feel that there's a choice. Absolutely and that you can still engage in social activity without kind of being labeled and I know that a year ago if I would have been out with friends and I would have known that somebody said oh actually I'm not drinking I would have felt like oh maybe I should Maybe I should act different. Maybe I should drink less around this person. But I think the more we normalize this idea that you can engage in social activity without without having to feel pressure to drink if you don't feel like it 
or having pressure to drink a certain amount if you don't feel like it. The more that's normalized. And I think the work that you've been doing has really done that. Okay, so John has been kind enough <laughs> to bring some samples here. And it looks like I am going to be trying the Heineken Zero, which I don't think I've ever tried this one before. It's, you're going to be surprised. Okay. It's a good, clean, crisp beer. Okay. Right. Cheers. Cheers. And I'm doing the Wellbeing Hellraiser Dark Amber. Let's try that. And again, Ooh. I I don't have the palate, I'm sure that you do. But to me, I I would not know the difference. Well, and I'm guessing since you've been sober as long as you have. Right. That Sorry, sober is probably the wrong term. You haven't been drinking for as long as you have. Right. The... Um, the high, that that d- distinction would go away, I would think. Right. You know, and that could be. I don't have anything yeah. to compare it to, but it. Um, this is really good. Right on. This is really good. Awesome. On that note, so we are at the time of this recording, we are wrapping up January, and Michael, I am really excited to hear you talk about the work that you have been doing with Dry January USA. Can you tell us about? what that is, what that's all about. I think we've probably maybe heard about Dry January, maybe, maybe not. What can you tell us? Well, thanks, Robbie. The uh, reality is from the polling we've done that still uh, the majority of Americans have not heard of uh, Dry January yet. Uh, but uh, those uh, who have heard of Dry January, it has been going on for about five years in the U.S., maybe 10 years in Europe. It's been a phenomenon of some kind. And uh, I got very interested in this in the last couple of years. I joined Meharry Medical College about a year and a half ago, and that is a historically black medical school and medical college in Nashville, Tennessee. It's uh, the original, the the oldest medical college of HBCU in, in the South, in, in Nashville. And uh, we're almost 150 years old. And our focus is uh, a mission to serve the underserved. And, and we really looked at alcohol, as I said earlier, as sort of an underserved part of the addiction spectrum. Uh, I learned that the term dry January is actually now a registered trademark uh, from oh. a charity in England called uh, Alcohol Change UK. And uh, I looked right on Wikipedia. I saw they were launching kind of officially in other countries. They launched in France and Germany and Switzerland. And I noticed they had not officially launched in the United States. So I reached out to them and said, I thought we would make a really great partner to help lead uh, the effort more officially in the United States. So um, our president, Dr. James Hildreth, has signed a five-year sole licensing agreement. So Mahari Medical College is the owner of that trademark here in the United States, Dry January USA. And what we are trying to do right now is let people know that we are establishing a home for Dry January here in the United States. We're trying to get to know all of our friends across the country who have been on this journey of Dry January for the last five years uh, and helping them to know that we want to learn from them and support them. Uh, one of the great colleagues I've gotten to know is a gentleman named Chris Marshall. He owns a place in Austin, Texas called Sans Bar, S-A-N-S, oh. and that means without. And uh, he now uh, has been a leader uh, around the country and is helping to inspire others uh, to learn from his good 
work. And he is doing sort of pop-ups uh, in cities around the country. So, so far this year, I've been able to go to uh, Brooklyn and Phoenix, uh, San Francisco and San Diego to just uh, see him uh, interact with other uh, friends sort of in the sober movement and other companies that are trying to let people know about their products. So Dry January USA, uh, we're here. Uh, we're uh, on all the social media. So please look for us on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, give us your feedback and invite us out to uh, learn more about you and how we can help you around the country. Oh, that's amazing. Wonderful. That's amazing. So it sounds like if someone wanted to, and one of the things I was reading, I, I was looking at this article and it was a, a recent write-up in the Washington Post. And they were talking about the benefits of dry January. And they, um, the claim with the article is that the benefit of engaging in dry January, even if it's just for January, even if it's just taking a pause in January, um, there was a study in the, let's see, the British Medical Journal, Open, and it looked at 94 healthy men and women that were giving up alcohol for one month. And they compared that to a control group of 47 people who just drank as they normally would. And both groups considered people who were moderate to heavy drinkers. And what they found was that um, the group that gave up alcohol for one month had significant improvements in their metabolic health, despite making little or no changes to their diets or smoking or exercise levels. On average, they lost about four and a half pounds, their blood pressure dropped, and they had a dramatic reduction in their levels of insulin resistance, um, which is a marker for type 2 diabetes risk. Um, they also experienced sharp reductions in cancer-related growth factors, um, which was a particularly important finding and important for us um, as we are concerned here in the, the podcast, certainly for um, preventive uh, measures. Um, but it also, which I think is really exciting, it also said that when people kind of checked in and took this pause, that they had some time to kind of rethink their habits and their relationships and maybe do a bit of a reset. So even if somebody isn't considering removing alcohol from their life, even if somebody's just kind of taking a pause to re-examine, it sounds like there can be long-term benefits just from taking that pause. And I think that's pretty encouraging and a fairly non-threatening ask, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. What do you think, John? Do you see any folks doing that in your world? Uh, yes, actually, quite a bit. Um, it's it's surprising how you know, uh, and, and I think a big a big part of it is the the social media per- push where Dry January or Sober October become um, known throughout the community. Then it kind of becomes a, a cool thing to do. And I right. and I know I've got probably a half dozen friends that are doing Dry January right now just mm-hmm. because. Okay, well, I am so thankful for what you have both added to this discussion. I hope people are feeling inspired to maybe give it a try, Um, maybe educated about all of the different options that are out there, Um, maybe excited to 
Um, again, we're closing out January now, but um, the 30-day pause certainly, certainly doesn't have to be in January. And Michael, you have mentioned that there even is a sober spring possibility. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, Robert, people don't have to do dry January alone. Uh, there is an app, also a free app that is connected with dry January. It's called Try Dry. It's a yellow uh, app you can get on uh, your smartphone. Uh, and uh, it's got a, a little umbrella with a in a teacup in it. Uh, <laughs> so so look for that and uh, let that be a partner for you. But yes, we are going to have an event on February 1st here in Nashville to celebrate our official launch of Dry January USA and begin the uh, uh, move into sober spring for people that want to keep going. Uh, or uh, Dry January, uh, just because January ends, doesn't mean that the program Dry January ends. We, we're going to be there with you throughout the year. So whatever works for you when you may want to uh, try to stop alcohol or cut back on alcohol, uh, this Try Dry app will be there uh, to help you. So it, it is 365 days a year. Uh, we just have our spotlight on January because that's uh, where a lot of people know us. But we are really here for you throughout the year. And yes, uh, there is this official extension program called Sober Spring. And you can learn a lot more about those details online. And also the app will be there to help you. We also, you also can sign up for uh, messages that will pro provide you daily uh, prompting and encouragement and good general information about your medical sense of well-being and the, the good things that are happening to you to kind of cheer you on and give you motivation to, to keep going and try to add other things in your life. Because when you give up alcohol, what you have to do is reframe it and think about what are you gaining? You may be have drinking less alcohol, but you are you're gaining so much more. And that's where we need people to put their mindset and understand that so many benefits. Oh, I think that's such an important um um, I know from my background in behavior change research, people really don't extinguish behaviors. They exchange them for, for other behaviors. Mm. And um, for me, when I decided to kind of take this journey, I told myself anytime I wanted a book, wherever I was, I could buy it and not feel bad about it. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, means nothing, I'm sure, to some. But to me, it was like, oh, this book's 20 bucks. Should I get it? Yep. Yep, yep. I should. Yep. <laughs> So I am really excited to introduce our next guest, Simon Morby, who's joining us from Hogwash Whiskey Den. Correct. And has an amazing backstory and um, is, I, I pulled up some information on our local media sites today, and the spokesman has done some great stuff on you. The Inlander very recently talked uh, about some of the things that you've done, and I... I brought a, a couple quotes from them, but um, they called you an award-winning bartender in Spokane that also strives to make the perfect ice cube. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle. It's a battle. Um, ice can be very temperamental, <laughs> as we all know. It exists only under perfect conditions as well as a great cocktail. So That's amazing. Well, and one thing really amazing about Simon is that even though you make amazing cocktails here in Spokane and that you're quite famous for doing that, you have also been sober for a number of years. Can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm coming up on eight years, actually. I've been thinking seven um, for quite a few months now, and I realized just the other day that uh, I had lost a year somewhere, um, <laughs> probably during quarantine. I, I think, think we it, all a lot of people year. struggle through that <laughs> one, and for me, I was just like, I'm going to probably collect a couple cats and uh, <laughs> do some deep dives musically, you know, I... I'd already been through so much that by that point, I was just like, a year off. Great. But um, I got a chance to hone in some of my cocktail skills as well during that time, um, trying to find ways to uh, stay creative, not get complacent, you know. Um, But Hogwash is is striving once again. And uh, still with me at the helm, it's been over six years and... So we've been talking about some of the amazing options that folks have been exploring, not just with Dry January, but with adult non-alcoholic beverages in general. And I know that um, Spokane is really expanding its options along with the rest of the country. Can you tell us what are you making right now at Hogwash for folks who are choosing not to drink alcohol? Well, I, my inspirations started long ago when I was when I was training the cocktail um, on the west side of the state. I was working in the east side in Bellevue at, uh, at a wonderful restaurant that had just opened uh, Bellevue's first craft cocktail lounge. Um, and it was in a Thai food restaurant. Mm-hmm. So as you may or may not know, um, Buddhist culture does not partake. So we offered quite a few mocktails on our list to... You know, still, you know, keep people included, um, which was the whole goal. Um, but back then, I think a lot of mocktails, although they included fresh things like, you know, muddled herbs and juices, they were also very sugar heavy. Mm-hmm. And essentially what you wound up with was like a sugary syrup, with which may or may not have some fresh juices, and soda water, and we're calling it good. Kind of fancy Kool-Aids. Fancy Kool-Aids. Fancy <laughs> yeah. lemonades. <laughs> yeah, right. Essentially. Yeah. And although while those can be delicious, I wouldn't recommend having two or three. You know, mm-hmm. and this is how down the road type two diabetes starts to develop, you know. And if and if if health is on our minds and that's the reason we're choosing not to partake, then healthier options needed to exist. And oh. and I feel like the market is now sort of pushing that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what has been arriving on the market for the past few years is uh, these zero proof spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they do carry uh, kind of a hefty price tag, like a lot of these are the same price as you would find most mid level spirits. Yeah. Like I'm talking. You know, and, and as John would know, it, mid-level, we're talking th- like $30 a bottle. Yeah, right in that range. Right Absolutely. in that range. So when we're when we're using them, um, our beverages are, you know, your your mocktail, your zero-proof spirit um, tr- beverage is costing the same. Right. And uh, now, have you seen, have you seen, because it started with a lot of pushback, people going, well, there's no booze in it. Why is it expensive? Well, exactly. I've, I've kind of seen that go away. Are you still seeing it? I'm seeing it go away because essentially when when you try and step outside of that fancy lemonade realm <laughs> and to push in areas of creativity, it's a lot of work. True. And to and to build that base and to give some sort of 
I think, give your palate some resonance that there is more to this drink than maybe just some soda waters, perhaps some tonic and fresh juices. Yeah. Um, there has to, you have to build a base that's, that's interesting. Very much so. And if you're not taking the time to, you know, juice vegetables or, you know, extract some sort of liquids that are, honestly doubling the time of your prep daily now mm -hmm. i'm already on a side note i'm already in four hours before service to get ready for my prep on a single service day hmm. now if i'm including mocktails in that i gotta be there you know i i gotta stop my daily routines and you know change my life around probably six hours of prep you know yeah with the level of craft you guys are doing that makes it's sense. A, it's a lot of work yeah Brands like Liars and, and Seedlip make this a lot easier. Yeah, we we run on Seedlip right now. That's right. It's good it's stuff. hard to put a price tag on the those extra hours a day that I get back. Good point. To put out some quality. Um now these these zero proof spirits are are water based. So they're mm -hmm. very delicate. Um and to the listener at home and um maybe even the professionals, if you don't know, don't don't over dilute. What I what right. I tend to do is to measure and pour them into the glass and build the cocktail on top of it. That makes sense. Yeah. That way it it remain it it maintains its character. Yeah. And um, it'll it'll shine all the way through the mocktail as opposed to just being a really expensive water. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so if somebody's going into to hogwash or really anywhere in Spokane and you want to give them the best thing that they can order in Spokane, if they're brand new to this, they've never ordered a, a non-alcoholic beverage before. They don't, all they know is O'Doul's and uh, Shirley Temple's. <laughs> what do you tell somebody to order if they want a kind of fine dining experience or a, a kind of elevated drink that is non-alcoholic? I have taken the time to, to include them on my menu. And, um, and with those, I, I took a general approach. Because like I said, this can be extremely time-consuming. Um, a friend of mine um, gifted me for, uh, for my birthday a, uh, it's a, essentially a zero-proof cookbook. Oh, wow. And um, in, in going through that, I, I, you know, I gained some inspiration. But what I also realized is how intensely some, um, some of the bartenders have, have gone at this thing. Mm. You know, um, and I had the opportunity to do um, like a, a tasting menus with mocktails, you know, as options as well as something we're kind of pushing in that direction in the industry. And uh, kind of doing and, the chef's choice, bartender's choice. And yeah, yeah. Try. That was that was days and days of prep. Far you out. Know, additional. And yeah. I'm just like, this is almost this. Like another job, right? <laughs> yeah, right. like I it need to hire like, a new like person yeah. just to focus on this aspect of the industry. Now, it's a lot of work, but um, so I've taken some of the zero proof offerings and done variations on our house menu, so you can have those as non-alcoholic options. Yeah, oh, like wonderful. like we do a new fashioned right type thing. Yeah, well, oh, exactly fun. that. So they're not they're not even excluded from what everyone else is enjoying. Oh, well, right wonderful. on. Right on. So, so that's been a lot of fun. So it's really if not, all the it's options. not an in complete shortcut 
Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, um, I am so thankful that you could um, tell us a little about what you're doing. It sounds like it's it's really an art, and it sounds like a wonderful place for people to check out if they're considering cutting back or or just kind of reexamining this relationship. I close every episode with just a brief ask of the guests. If there Uh-oh. is something, <laughs> yeah, if there's something that just is a thorn in your side that people always get wrong, some misconception, some where the public just gets it wrong and you just, you want to use this opportunity to clear it up in your field. Michael, Dr. Caldwell, I'm going to have you go first. Thorn in your side, clear it up for us. Uh, yeah, I, I would say right away that um, you can't have uh, a good, wonderful time uh, without having alcohol in your life. That is something I think a lot of people struggle with. And uh, along those lines also that there are no really good alternatives. Uh, you have to close yourself up in your house and drink water all the time. That, <laughs> it's a, a new day and uh, come on out and uh, have fun uh, at all these uh, new, wonderful uh, leaders uh, in in bars and restaurants that that are offering options. In addition to our new friends that are just creating these non-alcoholic uh, bar type spaces, so you can try all these new products. So so there's a lot of fun out there. Absolutely. Well, even in in Nashville, there's so much fun to be had in Nashville, and um, absolutely, even without alcohol. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, John. How about you? Misconceptions. Geez. Um the idea that uh, the bartender is going to skimp you if you're doing an NA beer mm-hmm. or an NA drink. I mean, uh, the cocktails are, are like, you know, like Simon's talking about. He has absolutely, you know, he spends hours prepping in the, in the craft world. You know, ours are a little simpler. They're, they're not quite so detailed and probably your stuff's incredible. I, I know you well enough to know that what you do is amazing. Ours are a little simpler, but they're going to be, they're going to have that, you know, with, with the NA spirits, they're going to have that bite. They're going to, you know, that's part of part of it is in some cases you want that spirit forward drink. You can do that with these NA spirits. And that's kind of a misconception people have is they still expect the fancy Kool-Aid. Yeah. And it's not quite that way anymore. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited to to come check out your stuff. Simon, how about you? Wow, I've had so little time to prepare. <laughs> I know you go last on purpose. And I think I took yours. So. We, we had a Zoom call earlier in the week, and I, and I feel like I should have uh, realized then the exact time of our recording. I did show up a little late, and I do apologize to everybody for making this um, difficult. But I, I would like to, again, sort of reiterate um, that the industry, the, the hospitality industry is struggling quite a bit right now, yeah. not just with staffing, but uh, with the economy the way it is and everything else. And I would just like to encourage guests and, and everyone involved, really, um, the professionals in the industry as well, to just just be kind, be very yeah. patient with one another. We can get through this. Uh, we will see brighter days, but just know that uh, we're all going through this together kind Absolutely. of thing. And the ultimate goal of hospitality is to help people gather and to enjoy one another. And hopefully we can um, continue to do that long into the future at Hogwash. Oh, what a great way to end. Awesome. Um, I'm so grateful for all of you for joining and for helping to inspire people to maybe just examine a, a new way, a different way. 
and um, to include those who are making that choice. So um, Dr. Caldwell, John, Simon, thank you so much. And thank you for, for listening all. Thanks for listening to A Closer Look. Visit us on social media and wherever you go to find your podcasts. Be sure to join us next time as Dr. Robin Pickering and her guests take a closer look.